lesson six of the elements of anatomy and physiology this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the elements of anatomy and physiology by william rushenberger lesson six functions of nutrition stomach digestion or chymification intestinal digestion or calification bile and liver pancreas and pancreatic juice large intestine absorption of chyle chyliferous vessels recapitulation of the functions of nutrition of stomach digestion or chymification one food begins to be digested in the stomach it is there transformed into chyme and we give to this phenomenon the name of stomach digestion or chymification two the stomach is a membranous pouch placed transversely at the superior part of the abdomen or belly it has the form of a bagpipe and presents two openings one situate to the left and called cardia because it is nearest to the heart communicates with the esophagus the other called pylorus from the greek pouloros a gatekeeper because it shuts up the food in the stomach until converted into chyme occupies the right extremity of this organ and empties into the intestines three immediately after the passage of the alimentary ball the cardia closes in such a manner as to hinder it from reascending again to the mouth the pylorus is also closed and the consequence is that the food is arrested in the stomach and forced to remain there a considerable time for while the aliment thus sojourns in the stomach it imbibes a peculiar liquid called gastric juice which converts it into chyme five the gastric juice is a watery and acid liquid which is generated in a great number of very small cavities lodged in the thickness of the parietes or coats of the stomach and named gastric follicles each one of these follicles communicates with the interior of this organ by a small pore and thus empties the gastric juice upon the food six by the action of the gastric juice the food is softened and little by little changed into a thick grayish pap which is called chyme seven as soon as the chyme is formed the pylorus relaxes and the stomach begins to perform a series of movements which by degrees push the alimentary mass towards this opening and then into the intestine these movements consist in the successive contraction of fleshy fibres which surround the stomach transversely and which contract one after the other from left to right of intestinal digestion or chylification eight the chyme which issues from the stomach enters the intestine where it serves to form chyle nine the intestine is a long membranous tube folded upon itself which forms a continuation of the stomach and which by its opposite extremity opens outwardly it is lodged in the abdomen and is retained in its place by folds of a very fine membrane called peritoneum which lines the parietes or walls of this cavity the folds of peritoneum which connect the intestines to the spine bear the name of mesentery ten 
the parietes of the intestine are furnished with fleshy fibres which surround them and which by contracting successively push forward the matters contained within this tube these movements are called vermiform or vermicular because they resemble those of a worm when crawling eleven the length of the intestine is always very considerable but varies very much in different animals it is remarked that in those which are nourished by flesh exclusively it is much shorter than in those which live on vegetable substances thus in the lion which is essentially carnivorous it is only three times the length of the body while in man who is omnivorous its length is about six or seven times that of the body and in the sheep which eats grass only it is just twenty-eight times this length twelve the intestine is composed of two very distinct portions the small intestine and large intestine thirteen the small intestine is next to the stomach it is narrower than the large intestine and its external surface is smooth its length is very considerable and it is subdivided into three portions called duodenum jejunum and ileum fourteen in the small intestine the chyle is formed and digestion finished fifteen the phenomenon of chylification is produced by the mixture of the chyme with the bile and the pancreatic juice sixteen the bile or gall is a greenish and very bitter liquid secreted by the liver seventeen the liver is a large reddish gland and of a glandular tissue it is lodged in the superior part of the abdomen to the right of the stomach and presents upon its inferior surface a membranous pouch called the gallbladder the bile accumulates in this bladder as in a reservoir and is afterwards poured into the duodenum by a narrow canal called the biliary duct or ductus communis coliductus eighteen the pancreatic juice is a watery liquid which very much resembles saliva it is formed in a gland situate behind the stomach which is called the pancreas it reaches the duodenum by a narrow canal which arises in the pancreas and empties near the opening of the biliary duct nineteen the chyme mixed with the bile and pancreatic juice passes through the whole length of the small intestine and during its passage separates into two parts one called chyle which is deposited upon the sides of the intestine to be absorbed the other composed of those parts of the food which are not nutritious which continues its route and enters into the large intestine of the expulsion of the residue left after digestion twenty the alimentary matters which are not convertible into chyle require to be rejected and conveyed out of the body and for this purpose they enter into the large intestine and there accumulate twenty one the large intestine is the second portion of the intestinal tube it differs from the small intestine in its calibre its puffed form and in its uses it is divided into three portions the cecum the colon and the rectum twenty two the cecum is a swelling or dilatation wherein the small intestine terminates we remark there a thin worm-like prolongation which terminates in a cul-de-sac or blind canal and is called the cecal appendix appendicula vermiformis 
finally we find on its inside a sort of valve which hinders the matters contained in its cavity from returning into the small intestine twenty three the colon is next to the cecum and is continuous with the rectum which terminates at the anal opening or fundament of the absorption of chyle twenty four the chyle is a peculiar liquid resulting from the digestion of food and is deposited upon the parietes of the small intestines twenty five the physical properties of this liquid vary according to the nature of the food from which it is derived and according to the animals in which it is observed in man and most mammalia the chyle is generally a white opaque liquid very much resembling milk of an alkaline saltish taste and of a peculiar odor examined by the microscope it presents a multitude of globules analogous to those which form the central nucleus of the globules of the blood if left at rest it forms a mass like the blood and after some time separates into three parts a solid clot which occupies the bottom of the vessel a liquid resembling serum and a thin pellicle which swims on top and seems to be of a fatty nature twenty six the chyle is destined to be mixed with the blood to repair the losses which this liquid sustains by nourishing the organs and that this mixture may be effected it is pumped up by a particular set of vessels which pour it into the veins twenty seven this passage of the chyle from the intestine into the circulatory system is known under the name of absorption of chyle twenty eight the absorption of chyle is performed by the lymphatic vessels of the intestines which are called for this reason chyliferous vessels or lacteals from the appearance they present when filled with chyle twenty nine these vessels which are extremely delicate arise by imperceptible orifices on the mucous membrane that lines the bowel from different parts of the small intestine by a multitude of branches which little by little unite among themselves as we remarked of the veins and after having traversed the small organs called mesenteric glands empty into a conduit or canal called the thoracic duct thirty this duct or canal which also receives the lymphatic vessels from other parts of the body presents at its inferior extremity a dilatation called the reservoir of pecket or the receptaculum chyli it lies closely glued to the anterior face of the vertebral column or spine and mounts towards the thorax to terminate near the base of the neck in the subclavian vein of the left side thirty one the chyle in passing through the mesenteric glands seem to be perfected in some degree it assumes a rosy tint and becomes coagulable like the blood but it still differs very much from this liquid and we do not know with certainty in what part of the body it is changed into blood recapitulation of the functions of nutrition such are the different functions by the aid of which the nutrition of the body is effected thirty two the alimentary substances necessary for renewing the materials of which the organs are composed are derived as we have seen from sources exterior of the animal and 
in order to serve the purposes of nutrition require to undergo a peculiar preparation to which we give the name of digestion thirty three the chief of the functions of nutrition is consequently in man as in all other animals that of digestion thirty four the nutritious matters thus elaborated do not sojourn in the digestive cavity in order to support the organs they pass from this cavity into the very substance of the body itself to be mixed with the blood to this transportation from without to within and the passage of all substances from without into the torrent of the circulation is applied the term absorption thirty five the blood to convey in this way to all parts of the body materials to repair the organs must necessarily be the seat of continual currents and in fact this liquid finds its way wherever there is life to be supported this phenomenon is called the circulation thirty six in acting upon the tissues of the organs the blood loses a part of its vivifying properties and in order to regain them requires to be brought into contact with the atmospheric air which contact constitutes the phenomenon of respiration thirty seven finally the material separated from the substance of the organs in consequence of the nutritive movement are carried along by the blood and are afterwards separated and rejected from the system in the form of liquids or of vapours these acts which are in a measure the completion of the nutritive process bear the general names of exhalation and secretion thirty eight to recapitulate we see then that the functions of nutrition are constituted of several series of phenomena each having its seat in different organs and that these different acts are first digestion second absorption third circulation fourth simultaneous decomposition and recomposition of the organs of nutrition properly so called fifth respiration sixth exhalation and secretion end of lesson six